This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here with you this evening, it's Ian. And Nemi. I think Mark might be coming back tomorrow night. He's on a cruise off to uh, some fun place with a lot of uh, nice people within the Liberty Movement. And I think he's having a really good time, so I'm sure we'll hear more about that uh, when he returns, if he makes it through the Bermuda Triangle without a scratch. Whatever happened to the Bermuda Triangle? Anyway, no one ever talks about it anymore. It disappeared. Apparently. Uh, so there's a lot going on here. I know that, uh, Nemi, you want to tell us about some prohibition news that uh, came out of an election that happened this week. We'll get to that here in a moment. But first, we mentioned a few days back uh, on this program, somebody had called in, actually, to tell us about this upcoming national EAS test. And I had heard, I guess through the rumor mill, that this was coming. I just didn't know up until a few days back when it was going to be. And it was this afternoon, or it was scheduled to be this afternoon at 2 o'clock. And, of course, my question was going to be, well, how much of you know how much of the country actually had this be a success because the idea was the FCC was going to literally take over the airwaves on I mean we talk about take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live we're talking about the federal government taking control of every radio station and television station and satellite radio station out there for what was originally scheduled to be a few minutes then they decided they were only going to cut it down to like 30 or 60 seconds I guess due to complaints from people about how long the the EAS test was going to be. And surely people are familiar with the EAS test. If you've ever watched television or listened to radio, you've no doubt heard or seen programming simply just interrupted and then uh, tones being played and then some voice telling you that this is just a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test. Had this been a real emergency, you would hear instructions after this this message or after the tones or whatever. Always makes the hackles on my neck go up, you know. Why is that? I, I don't know. The last time there's a there's a specific tone that goes out when there's a, a, a weather warning, at least on the radio. And I imagine it's the, the same signal that goes out over TV. Yeah. And um, there was a severe flood here in Keene. I don't know if you were here for it. Several years ago. It yeah, was before it was two, I got here. 2005. It was crazy. I had uh, three and a half feet of water in my basement. Whoa. National Guard on my on my street. And it, it was it was crazy. People, uh, the fire department came by. We were evacuated twice inside a week. It was it was really pretty crazy. It was right after Katrina hit New Orleans. Mm. So anytime I, you know it was it had rained and rained and rained before that. But anytime that I hear the tone now, it used it used to be something you dismiss. Yeah. But now it's just like okay, turn it up. I need to know what's going on. Uh oh, is there going to be three and a half feet of water in my basement again? Now. I understand the idea behind the emergency alert system. It is a mandated part of the FCC. You know, they force all licensed stations to participate in the EAS system. And up until today, uh, the idea was that EAS was to be used for regional, local alerts. So like, a thunderstorm happening in Tampa, Florida doesn't matter to people in California, so right. they're not going to get that alert. But the people in Tampa and Sarasota or whatever, the surrounding areas there would would get it. And the system mostly worked in that in that way. And of course, it's been in development for many, many years, and it's been implemented for many, many years. And so now they decided that they were going to take it nationwide. That uh, that you know they already have all these uh, pieces of hardware installed at the various different stations around the country. So they wanted to come up with a way to literally control all of them at once. And it's 
kind of creepy. Actually, it's pretty creepy, the idea that the federal government now can just break in on any television or radio station, on all television and radio stations simultaneously, and issue some kind of an uh, emergency message of some sort. It's scary. I think it, it's been precipitated, not that, that I condone what's happened, but I think it's been precipitated by um, Clear Channel. And um, like you, radio, as as a radio station here, or, or KBK here in town, um, if there's something urgent going on that you need to get out over the air immediately, you, you call the station and someone actually answers the phone. But the radio industry, as I understand it, over the last 15, 20 years has been gradually going to a digital signal where there is no DJ at your local radio station. So you can't really call them and say, get a message out over the radio if You're you need partially it. right. Okay. You're partially right. Uh, the, the signal, whether it's digital or analog, doesn't matter. But there has been cutbacks or there have been cutbacks over the years in the radio business. And part of that is because of consolidation. And Clear Channel certainly is the biggest offender when it comes to consolidation. That's so, the, the, the name I knew. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there are other companies out there. They're but. the biggest uh, radio company in America, but they're not as big today as they used to be. And what happened, and I kind of went through this because I was working in radio in the late 90s. Uh, started as an intern in 1997, got hired the next year. And so I was there when this kind of transition to digital operation came over. Uh, there's a difference between digital signal and what's going on in behind the scenes. So like what happened was they brought in uh, computer systems to run all the music, which is a great idea because it, you know, it's a, it's going to lower costs and, yeah. uh, and, but we the problem, have the technology. Yeah. So, like, the tech is good. It's great from a tech perspective. But on the other hand, obviously, what was going to happen was that people were going to lose their jobs. And that's what happened because you you no longer needed somebody to literally grab a CD, put it in a CD deck, take a, a cart, uh, which is where they have all the, you know, like the, the what they call sweepers or liners in the business. 1079, <laughs> right. you know, and then the call letters. <laughs> So uh, so you wouldn't have to have somebody physically there to, to do those uh, segues, to transition between songs and, and play the commercials and all that. It was all done by a computer. And sure enough, Clear Channel decided to uh, consolidate their business. And they uh, basically what the computer system allowed them to do, because it could be networked as well. So what, what ended up happening was... They basically fired all the overnight guys except for in like the biggest of the big markets. Um, so like all the overnight guys lost their jobs and then say the afternoon guy in Tampa would record a – or the afternoon guy in Sarasota would record a shift in Ohio or something like that. And so they would record like the overnight shift there. And so basically they kind of increased the responsibilities for the existing staff and got rid of some of the existing staff. Um- so – I'm looking at a Christian Science Monitor article on uh, how the test actually went, and there are some pretty funny quotes in here. It's uh, it says it's it's quote 2012, and our emergency alert system still so- sounds like a speak and spell and looks like an Atari 2600. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk more about exactly what happened today at two o'clock Eastern time when this big national test was supposed to go off. Of course, my question before was, well, how successful is this going to be? It's a government project. They're trying what is essentially a really big idea, and that is to coordinate a simultaneous test across thousands of radio and television stations. Uh, I mean, it's a big goal, and of course, when it comes to the government, they tend to fail at everything they do. So inevitably, I I was likely to predict failure, and indeed, it did fail. Uh, But to get back to your statement about Clear Channel being what precipitated this, I don't Mm. think that's true at all. Uh, Stations 
have for years been beholden to the FCC. I mean, every one of these stations has an FCC-granted license. And had to run and if, the alert anyway. Yeah, and if they I don't understand. do what they're told by the FCC, they'll have their license pulled. And so they already had the equipment installed for this test. It was just a matter of changing the operation somewhat to make it so it could be done nationally instead of just locally and regionally. So it sounds simple, but of course it's not really that simple. I bet not. And uh, what happened with Clear Channel, by the way, with consolidation in the 1990s, they changed. There was some law that changed to allow companies to own more than a certain amount of radio stations because it used to be a speci- uh, you know a restriction on well you can't Nemi you can't own more than X amount of stations within a certain geographic area. Right. Monopolies. And the idea behind that was right. to encourage competition. Of course, if they really wanted to encourage competition, they would have allowed anybody to start their own radio station, which. So it's kind of like you know a way for them to control things even further. Right. And by relinquishing that uh, restriction, it simply allowed the biggest players in radio to gobble up more stations from the moms and pops. And that's ended up being what happened. Uh, and now you've got a handful of companies that own the supermajority of, of radio stations out there. Not to say that you know I have a problem with Clear Channel. I mean, I, I cut my teeth over at Clear Channel. That's where I learned how to, to do no the kidding. business. And a number of our stations that carry the show today are are Clear Channel. So the big companies have their problems, and they're the same problems that every big company has. I mean, the larger you get, the more bureaucratic you become, the more oriented towards maybe the wrong things you become. So instead of being oriented towards making listeners happy, uh, the you know the they're more oriented towards returning numbers for their their shareholders. Uh, and I think that that's a problem. I think private radio companies probably do better than, than public ones because they don't have to worry so much about meeting the next quarterly report and hitting certain goals. They can focus on more of the long term of, well, it's going to take a long time for us to make this radio station a success. So what happened today at 2 o'clock? We'll find out. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. If you dial in toll-free, the number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, no big deal. They're right there. Just click and download. You can go all the way back to late 2006, all for free at freetalklive.com. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on so many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, and ambidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a through-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. See it at Ruger.com. Purchase it at your local gun dealer. That's Ruger.com. We've uh, been talking about the radio business, and uh, I've been involved in it quite a long time, pretty much my entire adult life. Uh, And so I've watched it kind of change and and morph and 
in many ways get worse over the years as uh, companies decide that cutting costs is going to be the way to success. And while I understand that particular viewpoint, obviously if you're spending too much on things you things you shouldn't be spending money on, that's not good. Uh, but if you cut costs to the bone and you sacrifice the quality of your product, then that's going to make you suffer in the long run because your customers are going to – and in the radio business, you have two customers. Uh, there's the listener and the advertiser. And your customers aren't going to be happy if you're not providing them with a good product. So we were talking about this national EAS test that was supposed to go off at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time today where the FCC uh, and FEMA or whatever were going to take over, literally take over the airwaves on every television, radio, and satellite channel in existence apparently in, in uh, you know the United States. Uh, so we'll talk more about how that went. But you'd kind of brought up, uh, Nemi, how it is that uh, you thought the Clear Channel was a, a factor in this and – Albeit a minor one. I certainly didn't think it was the the cause, the whole cause. But Right. Now, this is just the the government getting larger and more intrusive uh, over time and them flexing their control over radio stations is really all all this is. So it seems like the the natural evolution, if you will, of a a horrible idea, which is the idea that the government should be able to take over radio station airwaves and announce whatever it is they're going to announce. And I still have yet to figure out exactly what the purpose of this particular system is. Like, what sort of information are they expecting to uh, transfer to people with this system? Well, here's here's the thing, and, and surely you're right in that it, it will kick open a door for it to transmit any sort of message that it wants to. But I'm reading from the Christian Science Monitor, and it said, um, according to one of the researchers, three decades of research clearly shows people don't respond to messages, no matter how imperative, unless they include the following, providing authority for the message deliver over multiple diverse and different communications channels. So that takes over everything as they've done here. Messages must be repeated frequently, tell people what to do, explain why protective action must be taken, keep the message simple and do not broadcast contradictory messages. That all makes sense. But I think that the federal government is the the wrong way to go about it. I mean, if you if you had you mentioned there was a flood situation here in Keene several yeah, years ago. Yeah. And when you tune into local radio during a, a dangerous situation, whether it be a hurricane or tornadoes or whatever, it's the it's the jocks and the, the producers and the people that are on the ground there that are that are the ones that are doing the real work. I mean, they're the ones that are collecting phone calls from people and they're hearing you know getting reports of of what's going on where and they're giving reports of what's happening where and they're the ones that are putting out the useful information to have some automated message Agreed. come on uh instead and uh, and deliver in a you know robotic tone yeah, ex- uh, exactly. the news is not i think the most effective way to do these things so this seems to be all about control because i've yet to really besides a like an imminent nuclear strike and of course, if that were to happen, there ain't a damn thing you can do to to prepare for it. Besides, you know, if you happen to have a nuke Wrong. shelter, that right. <laughs> you can jump into. Uh, it seems pretty unlikely that this national EAS system could be used for anything else. Like, what what could it could it be that would be of interest to the people in Stockton, California, as in Washington D.C., as in Miami, Florida, as in Keene, New Hampshire? Like, these are people in very very different locations. If something awful is happening in one of them. 
Is it really necessary to interrupt programming in those other locations to get that information out? It may not be necessary, but it may be good to have from the perspective of the government. Well, from the perspective of the government. Because, you know, we may not know everything that's going on, Ian. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I get what you're saying, but from the perspective of the government, it's good to have this so they can issue whatever kind of propaganda they want as far as I'm concerned. Well, sure. I would agree with that. That's where this seems to be going to me. But here's some of the news from ABC News. Their headline on this, National Emergency Alert Test, Total Failure? Today at 2 o'clock Eastern, the Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Communications Commission held its first nationwide test of the emergency alert system. While many viewers and listeners experienced the test without a hitch, as soon as 2 p.m. Eastern hit, there were reports of problems in cities across the country. Some people never saw an alert. Others said the audio was distorted. And there were even claims that Lady Gaga's song Paparazzi was playing instead of the correct audio. On ABC television in Los Angeles, a screen flashed with the EAS graphic for several minutes, but there was never any audio or information given. When Now, they had said that this was only going to be a 30- or 60-second thing here, so they, they took over stations for uh, much longer than what they'd promised. When normal programming returned, the anchor's microphones weren't working. The alert was supposed to run for about 30 seconds. However, much station or many stations, it lasted much longer. In D.C., WJLA Television was stuck on the EAS slate for four minutes, and WMAL-FM had dead air for nearly two minutes before the test finally ran. Once the test started, the audio was garbled. WAPI in Birmingham, Alabama, tweeted that the entire area had had problems with the alert. The station wrote that it didn't air on any station in our cluster or on any television station in the market. Callers with DirecTV reported seeing Lady Gaga. On the television feeds at ABC News headquarters in New York City, CNN ran a preview graphic saying soon emergency test alert, but the actual test never ran. Both ESPN and Fox News teased that the test was coming up, but it never happened. And on MTV, it was afternoon programming as normal. Craig Fugate, the administrator of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, told ABC News the only way to improve the system is to test it. He said, I'm concerned we're probably seeing more failures than what we thought, but we didn't know what we didn't know. If you don't test, you can't fix. That much is certainly true. He said, we can't afford to have this happen for an actual event. I'll take criticisms. I know people weren't happy. I apologize for the disruptions that people went through, but we need to test things to find out what works and what doesn't. So according to the results, it sounds like it didn't work. And it was a miserable failure on the part of the FCC. And so something that people can laugh at when it comes to the uh, ability of the government to uh, to pull these sorts of things off. Unfortunately, though, because it didn't work means that you can expect more of these tests in to, the future, uh, to come right. up in the future. Yeah. Or, of course, whether or not it did or didn't work, they would likely continue doing these national EAS tests. Because the majority of the times you hear those tones on the radio... Something's it's going a test. Down. Yeah. No, it's never. It's hardly anything's going down. They, they hardly ever use those Right. Uh, so, yeah. So how often they will end up doing these national tests is, uh, is a good question. And at what times they will occur. And what will they end up using this system for? You're welcome to speculate at 855-453-1855-450-3733. Prohibition news coming up. Actually, Nemi's going to share some good news with us. It's Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, 
which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's a number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can uh, take control here. We're going to get into some prohibition news in a moment, but also have your phone calls to get to. But first, I want to tell you about how to give your friends and family this holiday season peace of mind. We're talking about dealing with unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. You can get prepared and protect your family by choosing wisefoodstorage.com. They offer delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff that are packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them just in just minutes by simply adding water. Visit wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE today. You can get a free entree sample, and if you use promo code FTL for a limited time, you can get no-cost shipping and 10% off of any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. Use promo code FTL, and you'll get free shipping and 10% off of any order. Peace of mind, the greatest gift you can give to the ones that you love. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. Ty is listening in Tennessee on the Amp Lines. Hello, Ty. Hey, good evening. I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of tying in what your this uh, emergency radio thing, radio and TV thing with uh, a caller last night was talking about how regulation is good, that, you know, all hell would break loose if there wasn't regulations. Um, I think that there's different ideas about what regulation means. I think the bad thing about regulation is when the monopoly of violence or the monopoly of aggressive violence has uh, has this ability to regulate, regulation becomes control only. It means the ability to either stop or start it or usurp it, whereas in the marketplace, regulation means to meet a standard. Mm-hmm. So I think you guys brought up some really good points of that caller last night about how, you know, there's government regulations right now, but the things he was talking about that would be problems are still problems, even with government regulation. And that's because to the government, it just means to be able to control the market. Well, right. The people you know, that advocate it, for regulations, like the gentleman that called last night, have this fantastic view of government, and they just believe that if there are enough regulations and enough regulators and regulatory agencies, that everything could be made safe. And perfect. That, yeah, and that we wouldn't have any danger from any products that would be offered in the marketplace, and we just need to have more rules, and uh, those Government uh, bureaucracies got to have bigger budgets, and that would just solve absolutely everything. Uh, so that's you know usually the answer to why things happen from their perspective is that there's just not enough regulation. If only yeah. there were a law. What do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh my God! You know, I'm glad you brought that up because there's anytime I hear that there ought to be a law. I think people should realize that if there's going to be a law, it needs to be something worth killing somebody over hmm. because that's what it really comes down to you know if somebody breaks a law and you want to throw them in jail what if they resist well if they resist enough you're going to have to kill them you know what i'm saying so or severely injure them right. law, 
before you say there ought to be a law, you know, there ought to be a law against murder. Because, <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> if, if you're going to enforce that, yeah, you know, you, you can kill a murderer if you're trying to bring them to justice. Other than that, you know, parking t- tickets, things like that, no, there shouldn't be laws on that. Well, and of course, the other... I guess I'm getting off on a tangent. Well, no, that's all right. I mean, the other thing worth pointing out when it comes to the, you know, the idea of, well, there needs to be more regulation uh, is, as, as I mentioned last night, where does it ever stop? Because he admitted that the regulators have been paid off. He's seen people pay off these regulators. So how is it you're ever going to stop that from happening? How you've got corruption in various different levels of the government, whether it's uh, dr- cops and drugs and selling them or confiscating them and then taking, taking them for themselves or stealing money from drug dealers or in the case of regulatory agencies being bought off like uh, the, the BP oil platform where the regulators were uh, – one of the regulators was going in having sex with uh, the workers on the platform and uh, sniffing crank with them or whatever. I mean so the, how do you stop that? And what's, what's, the, what's the solution there? Of course, the solution is always more government and more regulators even though that is the same thing that created the problem in the first place. Right, it just screws things up even more. You know, there's going to be problems in the market. The market is not a perfect thing. But the people who uh, provide a, a product and a service, they want people to buy more. So they're not going to try to poison their customers. They're not going to try to, you know, rip them off, not that they want to stay in business. Yeah. So it does provide regulation as far as having a standard automatically. It's already there just because of market incentives. And you can see this everywhere. I prefer the term certification when it comes to the marketplace and how things work. Regulation just kind of has more of a governmental feel to uh, to me. And you know, a lot of places you can have certification, like UL certification right. of various different products. Right. Uh, there can be different certifications of cleanliness and uh, very you know anything. I mean, Consumer Reports was mentioned last night. They can certify a, a number of products in a various various different ways. Uh, so I think that that's that's more of a positive sounding term, uh, but but I I agree with you that in the absence of the government regulations, the marketplace would handle all of this stuff. And in many places, it's the market's uh, certifications that are higher standards than the than the government. So for instance, when you go to uh, restaurants, they have what they call Serve Safe certification. Uh, the the people that are handling the food have to be certified by Serve Safe in order to to know that you're not supposed to sneeze on stuff and you're not supposed to you know handle it with dirty hands. Hands, like all the basic stuff that you're supposed to know and about peanuts and allergies. Right. And they go through all this information. And the reason why is because, like you said, they don't want to hurt their customers and they want to make sure their employees are acting responsibly so they don't hurt their customers. So they'll come back uh, time and time again. It's just, to us, it seems like a no-brainer. And I think the reason for that is because we believe in people. I think fundamentally one of the big differences between the advocate of regulation and the people we're talking to right now, we're talking about certification on a volunteer voluntary basis the difference is that the advocate of regulation believes that people are animals and they're dogs and they must be controlled and put down as if necessary and that uh, they're evil by nature and all that given- of the same rules apply across the board i think it's it's what i, I see from you and in, in terms of um sir surf safe it is mm-hmm. uh, that if i understand correctly that is handled in the in the free market as well because yeah. not only can you put it on your menu as as we're we're certified but it also gets you a discount on your insurance yeah i believe that's true and, yeah, uh, and government regulations do not make things safer and if and it actually gives the illusion of safety and when you have the illusion of safety you're actually in more danger 
Yeah, because people get sloppy. I would agree with that, yeah. And they, they trust that, oh, well, the government's taking care of it, so we don't have to pay as much attention as we might otherwise do. But real quick, back to the human nature uh, point. If it's true what the people who believe in regulations believe, and that is that humans at any point and any you know opportunity will stab another human in the back, uh, they will take advantage, they will uh, cut costs and cut corners and uh, possibly put people in danger just to make uh, a couple extra bucks, which is what the, uh, the guy was advocating last mm-hmm. night, yeah. then it's a really negative view of humanity, in which case I have to ask the question, if it's true that human nature is by nature evil, which is what they're advocating – then why on earth would you want to have the opportunity for evil people to be getting control of others? Why would you want to give them the power uh, to wield over other human beings when you're saying that humans are evil by nature? What makes you believe, if that if you believe that's true, what makes you believe that only the good people, only the, the few remaining good people, will somehow magically get elected into these positions of power, which everybody should know would attract those who are more likely to do evil and do harm to folks? What kind of ludicrous fantasy world are you living in to believe that if the humans are evil that they would somehow not be able to wrest power and control over others it's ludicrous very good point very good point ty anything else you want to share tonight that was it thank you very much thanks for the call i appreciate it 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line of course, I think people aren't evil by nature. I think people are good by nature. And, and I think certification really plays to that more so than regulation does. It's an encouragement to do better rather than punishment for doing poorly. Absolutely. And the marketplace encourages people to do better as well by the fact that there's always competition out there. So if you drop the ball and you're not doing as good of a job at keeping things safe and clean as you should, then your competitors are going to pick up your business and you're going to have a tough time. Maybe you'll even go out of business too. That's right. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI, 855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Nemi. And we'll continue here uh, taking your phone calls about what you want. We've got Bing on the line in Kentucky. Bing, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Just great. What's on your mind, Bing? Awesome. Um I've got a question, if you guys have ever thought about this or if this has ever been brought up. But I believe Ron Paul is actually a voluntarist. Mm, yeah, yeah. Somebody's called and said, suggested that. That question's come up a number of times in the past, and I would say that it's probably true. But... I, I would have to agree, yeah. Yeah, I heard him today in a couple of videos. I think they were from the past few days, and he actually used the word uh, voluntarist twice in the video. Really? So, it, it, yeah. What was the context? Um, basically voluntary interaction, uh, dealing with healthcare is, is, uh, what, uh, the context was in the video that I saw. Yeah. I mean, it's great to have somebody like Ron Paul out there dropping terms like voluntarist. 
because inevitably someone's going to hear it and get curious and go and, and look it up. And of course, for those that don't know, volunteerism is what? How would you define it, uh, Bing? Um, voluntary interaction between two people. Yeah, um, consensual interaction between human beings. Yeah. Sure. And that a voluntarist believes that everything should be based on consent. I, I think that's – I am uh, inclined that way myself. You described yourself as a minarchist the I, other I day. Do, but I do. I'm conflicted in some ways. <laughs> because, you know, I would, I would really like to participate on, on the planet Earth as I, as I see fit. And, and yet I'm not at this point. And I'm not sure that's really a realistic desire. But I can appreciate the standpoint for sure. Bing? I, mean, I think you'll slowly be changed. So yeah, you're not the first person to tell me that. You're not the first person to tell me that. I've had folks tell me I'm actually an anarchist, and, and they'll wear me down sooner or later. They'll win me over. <laughs> I don't Being much care. will certainly do that. Well, I think it's interesting that, uh, I mean, does Ron Paul ever use the term anarchist? I bet he doesn't. I bet that's no, probably I, a... I don't, I don't think I've heard him ever use the word anarchist, and it's probably a good word to stay away yeah, from. Yeah, I would agree. I yeah. would agree. He's no dummy, that Ron Paul. So, Bing, anything else you want to share? Yeah. Um, we actually just had uh, elections, general elections here in Kentucky for a few different uh, positions, and I just wanted to bring up uh, a few different candidates. Uh, they didn't win, of course, but they were very interesting to me. Hmm. Um, there's this guy by the name of uh, Kenneth Mullen, and he was uh, running uh, as a libertarian. Uh, for the uh, uh, state treasurer, and he wanted to get rid of the position altogether. That was like in his statement that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to automate the process and get rid of the treasurer. Interesting. And uh, also we had a uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Gatewood uh, Galbraith, and he uh, wants to uh, wanted to end the war on drugs and wants to work towards that. He's run several times. He's fairly popular. He's yeah, how do these guys do? I mean, what kind of vote totals? Um, I, 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 last place, uh, Gatewood probably got around 9%. Uh, the, uh, Libertarian for Treasurer got like 5%. I, you know, I, not I know bad for Libertarians. People. I mean, 9% for a Libertarian. Was it a three-way race for the Libertarian guy? Uh, um, yeah, it was a three-way race. The Libertarian got 5%. Uh, Gatewood was, uh, running as an independent. Uh, I see. Okay. Got it. So Still about nine percent. Yeah, five. Well, nine percent for an independent right. is uh, probably about about right. Five uh, percent for libertarian is you know probably on the high side. Uh, so, and this has been going on for years. Unfortunately, is watching these libertarians just try their darndest uh, to get elected and spend all kinds of money and time, and basically get the same voting returns year after year. Uh, it's 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 pretty sad. And and I hope that someday. They wake up and join the Free State Project and get the hell out of there and come up to New Hampshire, where you actually have a chance to win an election. Uh, because here, the like the state rep seats, there's only something like three thousand people per each state rep seat or something like that. Yeah, and, it's roughly that. And it's it's much easier to you know walk to every single house in a in a given district and and talk to folks and you know knock on doors and and do real campaigning here. That's right. Uh, because it's just such a small place where you can have a you know you can have a much larger impact for all the money and time that uh, libertarian candidates spend across the country. Spending a fraction of it here in New Hampshire would, I think, actually get people elected. I, I would agree because I, I think the Free State Project and, and libertarians here in New Hampshire, uh, either Democrat or Republican leaning, are still uh, they're doing fantastically well in getting into the House and Senate.
Bing, uh, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, just to give you some idea of just how easy it could be to have influence here in New Hampshire, I spent the last, uh, this past weekend on Saturday, they have the monthly Republican meetings on like one Saturday a month, and then there's one Monday a month that they have the monthly Democrat meetings uh, here in Keene, and it's for the whole the whole county of Cheshire County. That's right. And uh, I'd never been to either of them before, and I decided, well, you know, I'm kind of having to take it easy from the realm of civil disobedience for a while, so might as well get involved in the system Good and for see, you. see what things are like. Uh, and this is this is an election season. I mean, it's a it's a municipal election season that just happened here this uh, this past week in Keene, and so I think that they're probably uh, plus we're also dealing with the presidential primary, so I think you're mm-hmm. likely seeing more people show up at these meetings than you might see Usually, on an off year. Right. And so at the Republican meeting, this is for the whole county, there were maybe 30 people. Mm-hmm. At the Democrat meeting, there were maybe 40 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and at the Democrat meeting, there were at least uh, three, including myself, uh, free staters at that meeting. I didn't recognize anybody at the Republican meeting. Um, but it, just to give you some like, example of you know how small this is mm-hmm. here, like it, it wouldn't be a big task to bring 10 people out to a meeting and have a significant voice at either one of those uh, either one of those meetings. That's very true. Yeah, and so in fact that's what's been happening is a lot of there have been uh, free staters who have gotten involved. Some are involved in the Libertarian Party, but most of them are involved in the major parties like the Republicans mm-hmm. for instance around the state have uh, basically been invaded, uh, I don't know if that's the right term, uh you know, they they've been populated by uh, liberty activists and even some of the democrat uh, areas have uh, as well like out here in Keene, it's more of a democrat heavy stronghold and so yes. folks are getting involved in the democrat party out here but i think it's useful to have liberty-minded people in both parties i would agree to change Absolutely. not only the you know not only maybe the way the conversations are happening within the parties but also to get uh, liberty-minded people into positions of uh Influence, I suppose, within the parties. Just knowing who's who, I think, is a, absolutely a benefit. And I think it's great that you went to both meetings and not just one. I wish I, I'd actually showed up late for the Democrats meeting. I wanted to to be there for the whole thing. So I'll have to go to, I'll have to, go to another one. In fact, no. I think next month I'll just go to both of them again. Uh, I don't know if you have to be like a member of the party to get into these I things. don't believe you do because I, I've been to both myself. It, okay. it hasn't been recently, but I, I did the same myself just to kind of check it out and yeah. see what was going on. And it was, it was a small group, much like you say, 30, 30 maybe people on both sides. And just go around and introduce yourself and, and find out who's who and... Who you may come across if you decide to get politically active, quote unquote, you know, and it's um, it's interesting to me that such a small group of people is so influential in this particular county and gets so much done, you know, in terms of networking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 great. The amount of um, political movement I see just by small town interest you know, this is the person that we know. It's the person that lives in our six block radius. So well, we're going to go out and help them. I was talking with a guy on the phone. Uh, he called and left a message on the Pork 411 system here in New Hampshire, which is a system that an activist set up to allow folks to leave a message. And then this, uh, you know, computer sends that message out as a MP3 or a wave attachment to an email that then hundreds of people receive. And so this guy called from California and he was talking about 
I forget exactly what what he said on the pork four and one, but I was curious enough to call the guy back, and I you know, said, uh, you know, so what do you, what's you know what's going on basically? Like, are you going to move here? That kind of thing? Because he had all these ideas, right? He he had these ideas that he thought that we should do here, and I said, well, that sounds great. Why don't you come here and do it? Oh no, no, I'm doing something out here in California. But I just I'm, thought I'd call you and tell you what you guys should be doing. Yeah, and uh, and I you know I'm I'm on to something here, and we're going to change things out here in California, and. The idea that you're going to change California is absurd because then he went on to complain. Like he spent half the phone call complaining to me about how bad California was. So after he complained about the fact that he knows that in California the state reps get paid over $150,000 right. and have, you know, all manner of like perks like offices and staff and, you know, all kinds of stuff comes along with this. The, the right to not get arrested when they're driving to you know the the state house or whatever they can't get pulled well, over. Well, that's a constitutional protection in New Hampshire. Yeah, actually. there's that here too. But uh, but so he goes through all these things that the the reps have, and then points out that you can't call them, you can't talk to them. And I said, well, you, you, they get paid two hundred bucks a year here in New Hampshire. It's a hundred bucks a year. It's two hundred a session. Yeah, he actually corrected me on that. Yeah. So he knew how good it was here. I said, so why again are you staying in California? Right. Come on over to New Hampshire. One eight five five four fifty free. How long do people have to bang their heads up against these uh, these walls elsewhere before they realize this is the place to be? Hour two's next. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. There is a healthier option. Twenty two thousand times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from VaporSmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save one hundred twenty dollars a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. And as always, you can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Coming up, a little bit of good news. Nemi's going to share about prohibition uh, from some election results that happened in, around the country here this week. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here. You can take control and bring up anything you want. So let's go straight to the phones and the fun here and talk to Jim in Michigan. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nemi. Hey guys, uh, I'm standing outside of the GOP debate on Oakland University right now. Um, just a little while ago, I noticed all the Ron Paul supporters were gone, and I was told that uh, the police asked them to leave, and they just left, which was, I felt, very, very strange and not like Ron Paul people. That's pretty lame. So right now, I'm standing here with my Let Gary Johnson debate sign. And a whole bunch of hippies that are mad about something, but I don't think they know what yet. And there's a whole bunch of riot police here. And I thought if stuff goes down, I'd like my thing to be recorded. I'm like, what are we going to do? Oh, I'll, I'll call Free Talk Live. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to do uh, you know, the recording. And certainly I'm not going to be able to keep you on the air for the rest of the show. But, oh, right. Understandable. Uh, Understandable. I would recommend if you... In case it, they start beating me right now, yeah. oh, okay. I would have proof that I didn't provoke it. Well, what you could do is, uh, if you've got a smartphone, you could always uh, use Quick.com, Q-I-K.com, and then you're you're streaming instantly to the internet for free. I suppose. Yeah, so that's something to, to but, consider. Uh, other than that, I had a good time tonight. Great. Uh, I didn't even know there was a debate. That's news to me. It's really, really windy out here. I apologize. So you just been outside the whole time? What's that? 
You've just been outside there the whole time? You didn't go inside? Oh, yeah. They won't, they, you can't go inside unless you've donated at least $1,000 to the Michigan Republican Party. In the oh, my goodness. Year. Oh, my. Wow. So uh, all the Ron Paul guys are at some bar, and I'm here supporting Gary Johnson with a bunch of hippies. And you're saying that uh, the Ron Paul people chickened out when asked, just simply asked oh, to leave? Sure. I, I think they planned ahead of time to go drink at a bar and I see. standing up for the police, which I think Got is kind of, you know, not cool, but whatever. It's each their own. Have the, have the police approached anybody else? I mean, do you, I'm interested well, to know what the basis the is. They, they had a so-called free speech zone here, and I was outside of it since the beginning. I refused to be in a free speech zone. And the area which I'm now in is way outside of that. While I was going to talk to the Ron Paul guys, all the so-called Occupy whatever guys went outside the free speech zone. So now we're outside the free speech zone. Um, apparently this is America, so we have to be put in the right spot. But you guys left this free speech zone. That's great news. Right. So we're outside the free speech zone. There's some German shepherds looking at us and some dudes with some... Is that a... Uh, is that tear gas or what is that? <laughs> they won't talk to me. Of course Even not. I, we, you know, they just passed the millage to have buy more stuff for the police. So I figured they figured they need a reason to put on their right here. Now, do they have name tags on? There have been reports in uh, some areas that the police have been covering up their name tags with duct tape. I saw that in Oakland. Uh, I don't yeah. see anything that looks like a name tag at all. But in general, um, I don't think they usually do that here in Michigan. I don't think they they do it anywhere anymore. What, have name tags? Right. I understand. Don't. Don't get me wrong. I object to it too, but oh. a, a lot of a lot of times with the TSA, if you want to know somebody's name, they won't tell you. Jim, good luck out there. Well, uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate the update. Uh, I didn't even know there was a debate tonight. So I didn't either. To me. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing the Ron Paul highlights later. That's all I ever watch. Or, or seeing seeing what happened. Well, I'd be interested to know why they were asked to asked to move. Oh, you mean from outside? Yeah. Right. Eight five five four fifty free is the number. We go to Colin listening in. Oregon, Colin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nemi. Hey, now I gotta ask: Is this the real Nemi or the body double? This is the body double. Oh, okay, good. Anyways, I wanted to call in about abortion. Oh um, boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never had this conversation <laughs> before. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, it's hopefully my perspective will be somewhat fresh. Um, it's something I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about because. Um, it really seems to be a gray area in the overall liberty movement. There's a lot of disagreement on it. And I've tried to come to somewhat of a reasoned approach based on the ideas of liberty. Um, my personal belief is that the fetus is a human being from fairly early on. So I'm technically against most forms of abortion. However, I absolutely believe it's immoral to force a person to be life support for another. So okay. I know being pregnant is not a trivial thing. Uh, my wife's second pregnancy actually permanently ruined her health. So, Oh, dear. Yeah. And Mick, I'm interested um, to know, Colin, if you are, are um, aware of the proposition that failed in Mississippi. It's the personhood effort. It was looking to define... Um, conception as the start of life in the Mississippi Constitution that failed well, yesterday. It. I'm glad to hear it failed. It did. It did fail last night. Let's see. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's disgusting. You cannot force another person to be life support. That's so. 
So where does that leave you then, Colin? Sorry about my dog in the background. That's all right. Uh, where where does that leave you then, Colin? I mean, because you think well, that abortion is a bad idea, but you think people should be free to, to choose it? Well, I would advise people against having abortions probably, but yes, I do think they should be free to choose it, except and I, I try to not come from it um, from a standpoint because I do consider myself an anarchist, I try not to come at it from a standpoint of what should be legal, but rather what should be moral, mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying. I do. But I, I also think it's immoral. You can't force the woman to be life support, but once the baby is old enough to have a chance of surviving outside the womb, I do think it's murder to have an abortion. She should be able to have a C-section or some sort of early-term um, birth, so do most doctors offer those support. sorts of abortions? I don't think they do, do they? I, I, believe, I don't know. I, I think, I, I've heard that they have it sometimes in the past. I don't know if they typically still do. I, I, would, I would venture to say everyone has their price. That would be, be what I yeah. would say, is if you want it, you can get it. But again, is it, with the, in terms of the, the Mississippi proposal, what, what really kind of struck me was they were trying an end run or a a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. And and I don't think that just making the exception in in cases of rape or incest, and they gave very, very low numbers for abortions that had been performed in Mississippi up to that date, it was less than 1% were reporting for rape or incest in in cases of abortion. I, I know those women are going to go somewhere else, if not Mississippi. And they're going to go over state lines and, and, and take their business. I'm sorry to call it that, but take their business elsewhere. And if they want a particular service, they're going to pay for it. They are going to find it. Now, whether that's in an alley somewhere, if you want to go the, the route of hyperbole, you know, is a woman going to have a an abortion in, in a dark alley with unsanitized equipment? Eventually they will if it's prohibi- prohibited. I, w- I would have to say you, so. And you can I'm guarantee not, that'll happen. I'm not in favor of that. Neither am I. Colin, anything else you want to share tonight? Um, no, that's it for tonight. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. And actually, I know that, uh, Nemi, this was one of the things you'd wanted to discuss tonight. Yeah. Uh, the, so what other aspects of this? Well, I was just stunned that it would it would come to a proposed constitutional amendment because my understanding, it sounds like Mick, uh, Colin, excuse me, his, his handle is Mick in chat. Um, Mick is uh, saying that viability is the point where it becomes murder. And I think my my perspective is the same, and I believe that's roughly 22 weeks. But this effort in Mississippi would have defined it at the instant of conception. And Mm. and that is just mind-boggling to me. I understand that an individual can make that personal decision based on, on faith or interpretation of science, but for a government to go forth and say, okay... This is what we're going to propose. It just seems, as a woman, a tremendous imposition on my self-ownership that the government sees fit to tell me that if I happen to become pregnant in Mississippi, I must carry that baby to term. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, I clearly, it seems to me, and of course, I, I love it when men call in to give their opinions on abortion. Obviously, I think it's more valuable to hear from, from the ladies on this particular one at 855 But 
for what it's worth, uh, I think you own yourself and uh, you own everything inside you, including a little passenger that uh, that you might have. And I I tend to agree that the longer it goes on, the more horrific of a of an operation it it becomes. Agreed. And also the more dangerous it becomes. It's certainly uh, a simpler operation earlier in <laughs> earlier on as well. I don't think anybody wants abortion as the form of birth control. Really, there's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Your thoughts welcome. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Dial in via the toll-free number. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. That number, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue here. Now, Nemi, uh, we were talking about uh, the issue that I consider to be, in many cases, talk radio hell, uh, abortion, because you know this is one of those issues where people are pretty firm in their beliefs and and passionate they, about and very them passionate too. and also angry uh, about other people having differing beliefs on this particular issue and of course what new ground can really be covered every single time it's it's brought up although i've never talked about it with you before that's so true maybe there can that's be something true. and and i was uh, my eyebrows went up when i saw this earlier this week this news piece uh, from mississippi because there was a fantastic show in my opinion on sunday night and it was uh, stephanie and julia and we mm-hmm. had a caller call in about abortion as well and i think julia's explanation was um, she took it a step farther than I've ever really heard anybody take it before. What do you mean? In that if you don't want to have a kid, you should not be having sex with people who do. If you don't want a kid, I think that's fantastic advice. If you do want a kid, then you should find someone who also wants to have a kid. That rather, makes sense. You know, and I, I would agree. Well, so suggesting that people actually think before they uh, intercourse with oh one another? Oh my gosh, imagine that. Yeah, I, I don't know how realistic that is, but it's certainly something that people I cer- should consider. I certainly don't think there should be a law. No, no, and I don't think anyone would have advocated for that, <laughs> uh, at least not on this show. But yeah, thinking was would be helpful, uh, thinking about these things in advance. I did, that's why I got a vasectomy at age 23. 23, was it? Yeah, I think 23. You know, I, I made my decision very early on as well that I don't want kids. Really? I, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I was probably 10 or 11 when I decided I didn't want to have kids in my lifetime. I do much better with dogs and horses. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do decide that, that I want to have children in my life later on, there are plenty of kids in the world who need a place to be. Adoption. That's, yeah, that's right. That's Adoption or foster care. Because I knew there was a chance that, you know, there's when you go in at age 23 to get a vasectomy, they try to talk you out of it. 
And, oh, sure. Uh, and some of them won't even do it from what I understand. But the first doctor I tried, they did say they would do it, but they did try to, you know, make sure that I knew what I was getting you, into. You know, the whole gravity of the situation. And that was basically what I said. Look, if I change my mind down the line, that's okay. I can just adopt somebody. I don't yep. need I, – I object to the idea of adding another child to the world. I think that uh, there's plenty of them out there as is, and it seems like – it seems like one of the most self-congratulatory things that one can do is to reproduce uh, oneself when there are other things out – there are other people out there, young people waiting to be adopted into loving families and to just say, well, yeah, that's nice to have those kids out there in those orphanages and uh, – well, I'm just going to have another one because I want it to be like of me my own. or whatever. Right. Yeah, I want it to be right. part of my own DNA. And, and just... I, I think that's a person's choice for sure and I can only really decide for myself and say, you know what? I don't want to bring a child into the world i'm all set with pregnancy i'm mm-hmm. all set with delivering a baby thank you no i'm not, not my, interested not yeah. interested no way <laughs> and, and so you know there like i said there are plenty of kids out there there are plenty of dogs and horses and cats that need homes too you know yeah. it's i'm not i I'm, I'm not obligated and hopefully will never be obligated to have children yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on board with you, and if I'm thankfully I'm not a lady, and I don't have to worry about that. But I did take my own responsibility for my role in what would be a pregnancy, and I, I right. can't have them. I, I cannot. If I have sex with somebody and they get pregnant, it's a miracle. It's going to be a miracle. a miracle That's child. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's because right. it would mean that after a decade now, almost a decade of uh, having my uh, you know, tubes snipped, that somehow they had grown back together. They They've built been snipped a bridge. And tied. <laughs> They've been snipped off and tied off. That it somehow has uh, untied itself and reformed uh, a link. That is a miracle child. Yeah, I absolutely think that that's, that's the responsible thing to do. But I also... Did you do anything like that or are you just careful? I, no, like tub, I, can't, I actually... Ligation or something? I did a tubal ligation, yeah. Yep. Smart absolutely. move. Absolutely. What's it I, cost? Oh, I was covered by insurance for me. Really? Yeah. Yep. So insurance so, will do that even though it's just to protect, prevent a baby? At, at the time... It was covered by my insurance, and that was probably huh. 15 years ago, 20 years ago now. And what's yeah. the reason for that? Why would an insurance company cover that? Are insurance companies obligated to cover baby costs? I don't, I don't know. I'm the wow. wrong person to ask. All so, I yeah, know I is that all I, I know, know is that I had it, insurance. and I had a, had a surgery copay on it, and that's what I did. So you yeah. paid like 30 bucks or something like that? It, it was it closer to 100 I think, 100? at the time. Okay. But yeah. I, yeah. I know it's a much more invasive procedure than, uh, than a you know a, a vasectomy, for instance. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, I consider it the best $700 I've ever spent. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have absolutely no regrets. None it, at all. It's something that is uh, it's probably the most frequently performed of operations, uh, the vasectomy. The male vasectomy is very frequently done. And so the doctors that do it, unless they're total noobs, have done it many, 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 many times. And it was interesting because when, uh, when it happened to me, I was down in Florida at the time. And the guy that uh, was was the doctor was actually trained at Dartmouth, which is in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And so while he was doing his procedure, we had a nice conversation about living in New Hampshire. Because, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, you can stay awake. It's just a local anesthetic. And they snip you open and tie read, things together. And I've read done. it's the best way to get a weekend off from work. You just sit at home on an ice pack and watch TV. This, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much, pretty much the deal. Uh, so it's. I think I, I highly recommend it uh, to anybody that's serious about not having yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh, but it is a serious decision because undoing it is much more expensive. Yes, than, uh, and, and tricky. From what I what I hear, yeah. not always sure if it's going to undo or not. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. Nick is in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi. Hey, what's on your I'm, mind? I am of uh, two minds about the issue of having children. 
Okay. And this is on my mind a lot recently because, uh, as I've mentioned in previous calls, my uh, brother and his family have moved into the house with their two children. So I, I get a lot of hands-on experience being with children and seeing how much just a raw amount of work it is. But So that's a, that's a factor that dissuades me from it. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, if I don't have kids, I'm selecting myself out of the gene pool. I have failed at evolution. You know what I mean? I see um, your point. I, and I, I would say from from a perspective, you would be right. And I, okay. So, so I don't, what? I don't want to bring kids into this world. That's never I, I, crossed my mind. I mean, like, it seems so, uh, and I, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself and believing mm-hmm. in yourself and all that, but it seems so self-obsessed, the idea that you have to have your genes pass on because your children aren't necessarily going to be anything like you, right? Like, just because you have a child doesn't mean they're going to carry on your ideas. It doesn't mean they're going to carry on your, your beliefs and uh, the things that you consider important or any of that stuff. Or in be fact, a pro football player or the next Einstein or, or find the cure dreams. To, yeah. you know. Right. Fulfill your dreams for you. And that seems to be the, the real uh, ultimate desire for a lot of parents. I'm not saying you, Nick, but a lot of parents want to have this you know, little them. That, or uh, or that just somebody to take care of them when they get old. There's and that's, that that's, not a, that's not a safe assumption that's, either. It's the wrong reason to have a child. Absolutely. I <laughs> <laughs> we concur. Nick, I don't know if you had more uh, to say, but you're certainly welcome to stick with us here. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. You can bring up what you want here. You talk about having kids and uh, why you chose to or why you chose not to. In fact, I think most people aren't most people are not like us, Nemi. They a lot of people want kids. Want kids yeah. of their own. And they want and their own kids. It's not good enough to adopt. And I that's that's something I just don't understand. More coming up. 855-453 because if you adopt, you're actually helping somebody. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. The number, 855-453-1855-450-3733. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. And Nemi. And uh, we continue, of course, taking your calls about anything. First, want to make sure you know about the amazing little e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com. You can call them up at 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Go to Vaporsmiths.com to learn about this healthier option for those of you who smoke cigarettes. I mean, it is an incredible product. Uh, I've I've tried it. In fact, uh, I'm I'm a fan of it. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, and I love the e-cigarette. I'm a huge fan of e-cigs too. Yeah, so uh, it's a healthier alternative. In fact, uh, perhaps twenty twenty two thousand times healthier. Uh, pack a day smoker will save up to one hundred and twenty dollars per month. We had Derek in here. Uh, the other day saying he used to smoke 20 cigarettes a day. He at, he went to the Vaporsmith's uh, e-cigarette and is down to one cigarette per day. We're very similar, Derek and I, with that. Cause what, I, you're I, about 20 I a was day? About, yeah, I was about three quarters to do a pack a day a and pack now, when I was stressed. And now one maybe every couple days. And how long have you been on the e-cigarette? Um, 
I quit for a year with the e-cigarette um, up until about a year ago, and mm. then I started smoking again, and I've just been quit now for about two months. So you uh, you haven't smoked any cigarettes in two months, or is once every couple once days? Once every couple days, maybe. So it's incredible. I mean, the amount of uh, of smoke that is going into your lungs is far, far lower than has ever been. And uh, so, you know, you get the chemical that you're looking for, the nicotine. The one that you're looking for. Yeah, without all of the other ones that are included in cigarettes. And you don't deal with the secondhand smoke issue. You don't deal with the stinky clothes or the stinky house or couch or whatever. Go to Vaporsmiths.com. You get a free starter kit with a purchase of 40 cartomizers or more. Just use coupon code FTL. And if you've got an order of over $60, you're going to get free shipping as well. So, you know, you can't go wrong with this. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPORS. We continue here. Nick is, I think, still on the line here in Illinois. Nick, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, those points you mentioned before the break are all ones that have also crossed my mind. But uh, so it, here's how the back and forth in my mind goes. is Sometimes I'm of the mind that it seems that genetic material is about the only thing we pass on that lasts. Like, you know, nobody knows about the guy 200 years ago who is the ancestor of, you know, really famous people today. And, and I guess there's sort of like this psychic pleasure people might get out of thinking that, uh, you know, if I have children... Then- yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's a little hard to understand you sometimes. I don't know if it's because of the phones on the, the the network side or something with your phone. It's when you're talking, you kind of fade off a little bit uh, as, as you're speaking. Yeah, I have so, noticed that when I listen to podcasts, um, I I talk the same way every time, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it it may be a, t- a technical issue on on our side. I, I'm being told it's your phone, so I I don't know what 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 the problem is there. But you were saying th- these are reasons why you are debating whether or not to have children, right? In a way, but um, so I I came to a conclusion about this that I'll get to in a moment. Um, so. I saw a nature program once that characterized reproduction as a quest for genetic immortality and the end of all the processes of life itself, and that had a big impact on me for a large part of my life. Is that you know if I don't reproduce, then I've lost the game of evolution. I've selected myself out of the gene pool. I might as well get a Darwin Award. You know what I mean? I would be a loser. <laughs> However, uh, but I realized something else recently, and that is that nothing about you is genetically unique in the first place. Your actual combination of genetics does not even really get passed on. You know, only half of your genes get passed on, and then the next generation, half of that. And a few generations on, only a few tiny scraps of your genetic material will exist in any one person anyway. So the actual pattern of DNA that you are gets lost anyway, whereas the information patterns that you represent, you know, the things you do in your life, can be preserved in perpetuity if that kind of thing is important to you. So if you're going to have children, it's ultimately something that you do for what you'll get out of it in your lifetime. That's an interesting point because I was, as I was listening to you, to you speak, I, I personally am an atheist and, and I believe that when you die, you go into the ground. So, you know, passing on the genetic material and my interest in seeing that happen ends when I die, in my perspective. Well, for- I'm an atheist as well. Yeah. Okay. So the way I see, you know, the benefit of having children from a lot of people's perspective, you mentioned, uh, Nemi, that some parents want to have kids to take care of them when they're old. Mm-hmm. Seems like the wrong motivation. But nonetheless, a motivation that uh, that people have. Other people might have this vision for their children that they want their child to be something that they... You They'll know, go to Harvard and not Yale. Right. Achieve, achieve something that they couldn't achieve or continue on the family business. And they have these visions for uh, for their kids. And clearly, all parents probably want something specific for their kids, whether for them to be successful or something more specific. 
and I think that's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it's okay to have a vision for what you want and what you hope your kids can achieve uh, and all that. But why couldn't you be as happy with an adopted child's success, with an adopted child becoming something greater than you ever were? What does it matter whether or not it is something that is of your sperm or egg? What does that matter? It, it uh, just, I don't understand it. I actually know somebody, and I asked the same thing of them, and uh, she said that, uh, well, she believes that the connection that one has with one's own genetic child is much stronger. I don't know if there's any evidence to that. I think that, that sounds that, like poppycock. Well, that may be true from the, the from the mother's perspective, but I think from a, an adopted child's perspective, anyone will do. Well, tell that to all the parents that have little hellions running around. I mean, you're, you're more connected to those children than, say, a more well-behaved adopted child. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. I, I say thumbs down on tantruming children across the board. Hey, uh, Nick, next time you call, if you could find a different phone, I'd be curious to see if it sounds any different, because uh, sometimes it's really hard to, to understand what you're saying. And I thank you for the call tonight. I'd appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE, because I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's a problem on the network side or not. Hopefully, we'll be able to work that out. Uh, 855-450-3733, but a little little bit of testing can go a long way. You know, switch the phones. If the other phone sounds better, then don't use the old one. Uh, so we're continuing here. You can talk about this issue of uh, children and adoption, and I. it's just got to be some kind of a, you know, some kind of a, an instinctual thing. Right, the idea that you have to have children of your own loins, uh, as opposed to adopting one, it must be some kind of a instinct. Thing. If it if it is, I don't have it. Yeah, or Neither do or, I. or I have the opposite of what it is, which is the instinct to not have kids. You know, I just it's the decision that works best for me. And and like I said, I I knew it from a very young age. Yeah, I did not want kids. One eight five five four fifty free. So if there's no more genetic material from me going on past me, what's the big deal? What I'm more concerned with is whether or not humans will be free in the future, and that's more interesting to me as to whether or not you know we can influence people's and in you know into in their mindsets and their beliefs to a. a to believe in the ideas of human liberty and the idea of allowing other people to be free. And spreading ideas, to me, is far more important than spreading genes. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE. Let's continue here with Blue calling from Tennessee. Blue, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nemi. Hello. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, what's what's Um, on your mind? Well, I thought I would bring up, you know, obviously you're talking about children. There are instances, though, that they are just gifted to you, whether you chose them or you did not. For me personally, I was on the birth control pill, did not miss a beat, but my husband and I were so fertile that my son was created. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two years later. I had not missed a shot of the Depo Favera. And I was late by two weeks getting the shot, which normally would take a year to even conceivably be fertile. I was pregnant with my daughter. Wow. Which, <laughs> they're both of the gifts of my life. Every parent time, says that. Sure. And I believe it. Absolutely. I, I would. Uh, congratulations on your two kids. It sounds that you're you're very happy that that this happened to you. D- 
despite taking precautions of depo i've i've heard i've heard several stories from women who were also on on depo who did not experience the 99.9 percent effectiveness that was that was advertised perfect uh i don't know blue i don't know if you have more to share you're welcome to here in a moment uh 855-450-FREE is the number here tonight that's why i didn't fool around man I wasn't going to fool around with condoms and yeah, holes breaking. No, and, I, I'm with you. And people forgetting birth control. Too much stress. No yeah, thanks. Yeah. Snip the tubes. Done. Uh, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Plus, it's cheaper in the long run, too, than having to buy a bunch of birth control over your whole life. Well, Free talk live. Yeah. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Take control of the airwaves and dial toll-free to 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Nemi. And we invite you on over to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have there for you for free. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll see uh, several links there to Amazons, different Amazons for different parts of the world. So click in the right Amazon for you and get your shopping taken care of. Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price when you're purchasing through shop.freetalklive.com. So I just did it the other day. Actually, I uh, needed to order. I well, didn't need to, but I wanted to order uh, a new video game, and uh, I did that and got it at a pretty good price, cheaper than what I would have paid at the local Walmart and uh, a portion of the price goes to Free Talk Live. So nice. shop.freetalklive.com. We go back to Blue, listening in Tennessee. Blue, you're back on Free Talk Live. Well, darn, I didn't know that one, or I would have already have done that. Well, now um, you know, and you so can do it in the future. Yes, and yes, I will. Thank you. Uh, so I apologize for that in advance. No big, no big deal. What um, did you want to share tonight? There are three different topics that I really wanted to hit on. Um, for those that are out there criticizing mothers like myself that are in the Patriot Movement because I, we send our children to public schools, I do not send my my children to public schools to learn. I send my pub, my children to public schools to educate the teachers and the students. Uh, I think that's great. So you see, it as a, you see it as a mission. Though I'm curious, can you define Patriot Movement for me? Because when I hear that those terms, I get a little um, hmm, I get a little funny feeling. Well, we will talk about the Constitution and our personal liberties and our personal rights. Perfect example, my daughter's in the fourth grade. And, and please do not criticize me on this, this is, I, because I allow my children to make their own personal decisions. But my daughter in the fourth grade fell in love with Sarah Palin. And by God, she wanted to wear her, her Sarah Palin pins to school. She had a teacher of ethnicity, and the teacher said that she could not wear her pen to school. Even though there was a Barack Obama sticker on the teacher's desk. Well, that seems a little hypocritical. Right. You know, just a little bit. And my daughter, you know, just kept saying, no, it's my First Amendment right. 
Good for her. Yeah, well, that's I think that's fantastic. So tell me more about the Patriot Movement. What is it? Patriot Movement, um, for me personally, it has been starting in my community, one of the first founders of the original Tea Party. And it was, I, unfortunately, I cannot say I was a Ron Paul, Ron Paul supporter in the very beginning. Are you now? Oh, of course. Oh, okay, great. Um, when it started back in 2007. In 2008, yes, definitely I was. So is and the... Is what it brought pay- me to that... Oh, go is ahead. My... my I'm sorry. Uh, what brought me to that was in my job. I commuted throughout my community, which is the third largest city in, in Tennessee, but I had to go out to the far reaches of my general vicinity. And all you saw were banners and posters and bumper stickers for Ron Paul. And then I stopped and I said, you know what? If these guys know what's going on, then maybe I need to take a real definite look into what hmm. they're saying. Because they've got it right, and we've got it wrong in the city. Interesting. So so just seeing yeah. the proliferation of Ron Paul signs really helped you, you know, question yourself, is what you're saying? Yes. Oh, yes, 100%. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad because I put up another Ron Paul sign tonight. Uh, and, and I have one here waiting for me as well. So that's that's fantastic. Yes. And and to get back to to your your um your daughter and, and advocating her own rights and going to school and and teach schooling the schoolers, I guess, as a, as a way to put it. How do they react when she does that? Um, right now, they're, they're very cordial towards them, but it has been um. A real challenge. No, oh, I imagine it will continue uh, to be a challenge. Year. What's your oldest uh, son or daughter? My oldest son, he is now 14. Uh, but when Barack Obama was voted in in 2008, you would have thought my child was the scum of the earth. He was in a school that was about 30% ethnicity. And are you saying eth- are you saying ethnicity? You know, you cannot say that word black. You cannot say that word Hispanic. Well, you you can. Uh, it's certainly more def- uh, definitive when you use those terms because ethnic can mean all kinds of things. So, I guess what's the relevance of even bringing that up? I'm curious. The the, the reason being is as soon as Barack Obama was elected in my child in my son's school. And he was a sixth grader. I don't have to do what you tell me to do because my president's black now. My son is blonde-headed, blue-eyed. So th- this my was, son was an outcast. This was from teachers or peers or administrators yeah. at the school. Who was it coming this, from? This came from the children. So the children and were saying they didn't have to do what they were told to do because the president's black. Okay. And this was coming from the children of black. So what was your what was your uh, your son's reaction to that? No, you do. And if you don't do this, we're all going to suffer the consequences because it is based upon communitarianism. I have to. Everybody s- has to 
behave the exact same way or they are all punished. I, I, you know, the one thing that really kind of irks me about what you're saying is, you know, and I find it hard to believe that it's true, that all of the people who are black at this school would be, be behaving in the same way. That seems very unlikely to me because... No, no, no. It's not all. But it would be enough to get them penalized. I see. So some some kids were behaving in a certain way. So you have to be careful how you talk because it sounds almost – I mean, I'm not going to label you as one of these. But when you say things like all of these people did this certain thing, even when you meant it was only some of them, it makes you sound like a bigot. Well, it's not necessarily – saying you are. Not necessarily being intentionally um, – a, a bigot but it's it's also it's just generally speaking it's collectivizing and you're 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 assuming you're applying uh the actions of a few to a greater group of people that may not be actually will, engaged in we, that we in behavior say, we will definitely say it was more than 50 percent okay it to me it doesn't matter i mean the the, the percentages are completely irrelevant as long as we're getting more accurate uh speech to say that it was only some people who were behaving in this way in which case that that particular behavior is uncalled for and it doesn't make any sense the idea that because the president is black means something versus if he wasn't it would mean something different that uh, you know, no, the idea it, that anybody's skin color is in any way a, a factor to how people should behave seems kind of silly to me so I, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, so I agree, I with, agree you on, with you on that part. And I'm glad that we were able to clarify what, what you meant by that. And Blue, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. We continue here. Let's go to Scott calling from Massachusetts. Now, you want to talk about bigots. Uh, here is one of them for you that is an unabashed, unapologetic uh, bigot. Scott, At least I presume this is Scott the bigot. Uh, yes. You're the only Scott that ever calls from Massachusetts. Yes, good evening, uh, Ian and Nemi. How are you? What's what's on your mind, Scott? Uh, the total state of affairs of America today, uh, the Occupy Wall Street, and uh, tied in with uh, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Have you gone uh, out the, yet to Occupy Boston? What's that? Have you, have you gone out yet to Occupy Boston? No. Okay, Scott, I, I've, uh, I've got to interrupt you. I've been out to Occupy Boston. It was a, it was an eye-opening experience for me. And in what way? I, it, I am not a huge fan of crowds, <laughs> genuinely. And and I I was down there on business actually to the Federal Reserve Building, so I was right there in Dewey Square. You and had business at the Federal Reserve Building. I did. Amazingly what kind of, enough, what kind of business are you doing there? <laughs> I am um, my my boss had to be at a at a consulate that's in the same building, so huh. it's right at the Federal Reserve Building there in I Boston. See. So I needed to park and walk up to the building, and um, they had actually I heard Michelle kind of s- touch on this when she was in and, and during her calls that the homeless had been run out. So there was actually for a two block radius around. Um, Dewey Square, where the occupiers were, there were people holding signs and and coming up and panhandling and being some. There were a couple that were kind of aggressive about it. And when I got up and actually talked to some of the folks who were there, it was it was interesting because I had not heard that they were not allowing the homeless in there anymore, hmm. just for supply and demand sake. And so they were kind of expanding. How do, you, how do you, I mean? Is it just one of those things where you see somebody who's been causing trouble and you keep that person out specifically? Can I wait for the them? new hour. Yes, hold on, Scott. You just hang on, everybody. Wait, no, he's not my buddy. Just hang on, Ace. We'll bring you back here in a moment and continue. uh, Bring back Scott and his bigotry. 855-450-FREE. So we don't know what in what way Scott will be bigoted, but we'll find out here in moments. There's probably only two or three possible ways. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hour 3 next. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. We talked about everything from the federal government's failure of a national EAS test earlier this afternoon, uh, and then the abortion debate came up yet again. Although, thankfully, it hasn't really been much of a debate tonight. It, it hasn't It's been. been more intellectual, I think. I think I would have to agree. Looking to the reasons why people have kids, their motivations, why not adopt as opposed to actually, you know, add another kid to the world. And Nemi, you're with me on that one. Absolutely. Uh, neither of us are interested in having our own children. And if no. we change our minds, we figure... You've got a tubal ligation. I've got a vasectomy. Down the line, we can always adopt. That's if necessary. right. That's right. So we actually uh, also then just had Scott the bigot on the line. He's still there, uh, calling from Massachusetts, and uh, you'd wanted to comment on something tonight, Scott. So go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Good evening, Ian and Nemi. I'd like to discuss uh, the total uh, demise of America. Uh, what's going on with uh, with uh, the meltdown and the economy and the wars? Uh, America deserves everything it's gotten. Uh, I, I frankly, I'd like to see the United States destroyed. Let me. That sounds a little vague, but let me explain. Uh, regarding our Zionist-occupied government, uh, I want to see it fall. Uh, I hate. Now, communism. what if it were a Christian-occupied government? Would that be all right with you? If it's centralized uh, in the manner that it is, uh, and it uh, is a police state, which it precisely is what what it is. App, no. Okay, because uh, it is but, a Christian-occupied government. I mean, there's all kinds of Christians in the government. No, no, you, you've got it wrong. It, it is, it is. Let's let's rephrase that. You may think it's a Christian-occupied government. It's a Gentile front. Let me explain what a Gentile <laughs> front is. How? A Gentile You're front so means ludicrous. there may be Gentiles in the front, but behind it, the puppet masters are the Jews, and the Jews control ludicrous. it. What I mean by Jews, that sounds vague. I mean international Jewish bankers from Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns. Benjamin Solomon Leaving out all the Christian the bankers, Reserve. of course. Uh, Scott, now, I, now I, I had a question for you. I, I have yeah. really been looking forward to hopefully getting you on the air when I'm in here in the studio because I've yeah. heard I've heard you call into not just Free Talk Live. I believe you've been on on Glenn Beck as well. Is that yes, correct? I was. Called Stephanie Miller. Recently, also. I was right, and and I just I I, I find you fascinating in, in so many ways. And the one question, like a train wreck, I, 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 it's fascinating I, too. I, you can't help but look, yeah. uh, you know, and what I what the one question that I've wanted to ask you and no one here has that I've heard is, are you personally Jewish? No. So I, I really have to ask, where does I, I'm not sure I can't tell if it's fear or hatred on your part, because I, I know that we've talked about before the break, we were talking about going down to Occupy Boston. 
I don't like meeting people either. So I, I can sort of relate to you on that. You know, I, I don't like going places where there are lots of people there that I haven't met before or going there on my own. So it's kind of a challenge anytime that I really, it's not that I don't go. It's just more of a challenge because it's not something that I really want to do to kind of challenge myself to, to get out there and, and say things that, you know, otherwise would be unsaid. And I, I just, I really would challenge you to kind of challenge challenge yourself to get out in the world and actually meet people. I've and, been trying to encourage Scott to do that I know, for a while. And, and I wanted and, to, to add my voice to that. But I just am so curious where, where your hatred or your fear comes from. It's a combination of both. Uh, the the, the anti-Semitism comes this way in a nutshell. Uh, we, we've got, let me explain what's going on so your audience will understand the madness going on in America. You've got international Jewish communism. I don't want you to preach here, Scott. She was asking you specifically uh, uh, you know, about you. Where yeah. I came from? Yeah. yeah. I'll answer your question. First of all, let's begin with the $190,000 that I was swimming. I've, I've heard about the $190,000. By, by, by Richard Fold, who's the uh, disgraced ex-CEO of... Uh, of, of oh, of wait a minute. Brothers. How old were so you at that point? So there's an individual. How, how old were you at that point? Well, we're talking September. I remember the date, September 15, 2008, when my broker contacted me. Okay. So, if so I, three how old are you now? I was 46. Today, I'm 49. 49. Okay. So you didn't hate Jews before you lost $190,000 to some bank banking firm? Yes, I hated them before that. But okay, okay. where did that come from? So why don't you answer Nemi's question? Where did yes. it come from? Was it your mom? Was it, What's her name? Sandra? Scott? I would rather not oh, that's, say. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I, I I, would, I, I my am, hatred came... From this, from this, I learned early in life when I looked, I was very uh, observant as a young man. I was able to piece together between uh, uh, our economy uh, and uh, our foreign policy and, uh, and the homosexual movement. I was able to piece it together that, that Jewish influence played a tremendous role in all of the ills, the harms going on in America and throughout the world. So to answer your question, and also as a young man, I uh, I read the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, which, Why? by the way, is not a forgery. Why? Why did you read that? I read it because it gave me clarity. No, no, into no, no. All the what? How did you find world. out about it? Right. Who who told you about it? Did you find uh, it? On I Google? heard about it on a uh, on a show. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was a show about Henry Ford. And uh, was this a radio show? No, it was a TV show. Uh-huh. And Henry Ford published in the 1920s, he published the Dearborn Independent. And in the Dearborn Independent, he published a 91-week campaign called The International Jew. And in The International Jew, every week, Mr. Ford would, would, would discuss whether the Jews controlled the liquor trade or Wall so, Street or... or, so or someone or, else uh, was a Jew, or excuse me, somebody else was a, a bigot in the past, and so you basically adopted their views? From Henry I Ford, found, I, I found that his views were correct. I found that I, I accepted his world. Maybe view. you just did didn't you, look hard enough. Did you challenge what what he had read, or did you just adopt it as kind of a personal document? I read I I, I read uh, Ford's uh, uh, the International Jew. I I, I also but you never bothered talking to any Jewish people before making any of these conclusions, I, right? 
I, I, I didn't need to. Yeah, see? Well, no, no, no. See, if you want to actually look at something as an idea, it does help to usually find out what the other side has to say. And, and have folks and be able to present it to folks convincingly. Because right now, Scott, and, and when I hear you call in, I, all I hear is just hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. And, and it's the same thing. It's Lehman Brothers screwed me out of this money four years ago and and hate 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 and there's there's really nothing that you're you're giving but I'm not substance I, I, you didn't allow me to uh, in a nutshell if you want to know what's going on in america today all of the the madness it's it's i can give you a simple equation you've got international jewish communism epitomized by occupy wall street versus international jewish capitalism epitomized by goldman sachs and bear stearns and also throw into the mix <laughs> as though as though Jewish communism Zionism. and capitalism would somehow be different if there weren't Jews involved. Right. In what, other words, what's the point in putting Jew- the word Jewish in front of those things? Communism is a bad idea on its face, communism and capitalism was- as we know it is is bad because it's really corporatism. So, uh, so what does it matter whether people who are Jewish are involved or not? I'll tell you why. Because both capitalism and communism have Jewish elements that are the driving forces for both capitalism and communism. They're not Frenchmen. They're not Italians. They're not Irishmen. They're Jews. And these international Jews, why are Jews? Except Jewish people can be Frenchmen and Italian and Irishmen. Thank you, Scott. Bye now. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Obsession. I have to I have to wonder if he's really just a plant from the Tourism Bureau from Madagascar. <laughs> I really do. I really do. People think he's not for real. I think he's I think he's a real deal. And, and it's it's sad. He's a sad It's sad man. because he's really missing out on knowing uh granted there are plenty of jerks in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. with him that there are jerks, but I don't think you can paint anybody with a broad brush. No, there's a new guy that just moved here to Keene uh, who is a, he calls himself libertarian Jew. And, uh, you know, by Scott's definition, he's some sort of uh, secret agent who's working to undermine everything that we have going on here. And it's just a bunch of, bunch of nonsense. Let's talk to Gary listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Gary. Yeah, uh, uh, Scott ought to be worried about the plutocracy in this country and not the Jews. But anyway... The reason why I called was uh, abortion, I think, is a woman's issue, and a man shouldn't have anything to say about it. But my opinion is that after the third trimester, I don't think it's morally right to get an abortion. I, I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And that comes to viability at 22 weeks. That's my understanding of the longest lived preemie baby. I think that's. I, I tend to agree as well, but yeah. I also think that things that are necessarily not right should not be illegal as well. So come back with more if you'd like, Gary. You can stick with us here. 855 450 free. Share your thoughts. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, features including the news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. And get on either the email list or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And, of course, it's all free over at news.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first free market peer-to-peer digital cash. They can be used anywhere in the world without needing permission from governments or corporations. They can't be counterfeited or inflated or shut down. Uh, and now you can buy them with a credit card or PayPal. There's not one vault that the feds can go to to raid to get rid of the bitcoin like they did with the liberty dollar it's a just completely distributed peer-to-peer system you take down one uh, leg of the peers peer-to-peer system it's still standing there's no it's almost impossible for them to take it out uh, memory dealers is proud to offer physical bitcoins you can hold in your hands and you can buy them now with a credit card or paypal and, of course, these physical bitcoins can be transferred back into normal digital form at any time. They make great conver- uh, conversation starters and Christmas gifts. You can be part of the currency that's transforming the world. Get your bitcoins at MemoryDealers.com. That's MemoryDealers.com. As we continue here, we've got a gentleman on the line here. Joseph Goldstein is on the line, uh, on the amp lines. Hello, Joseph. Good evening, Gentiles. I am Joseph Goldstein, leader of the Lizard Jews. I regretfully call you tonight because our plan has been thwarted. Scott is absolutely right. There is an international conspiracy of Jewish reptilians led by me to control the world, but now (laughs) Scott has called into Free Talk Live and disintegrated a glorious plan for a new world or not. He has has ruined it all for you. How, How is the weather in Madagascar today? Now, that's the one thing that Scott, in his years of calling, has never broached. He has never broached this uh, lizard part thing. Like, I've never heard that part of this come from him. What's that all about? He has exposed the Gentile fronts we international Jewish communist lizard reptilians employ to distract (laughs) you fools while we take over. (laughs) Now, where are you calling from, uh, Joseph Goldstein? Oh, New York. (laughs) <laughs> I used to work with Lehman Brothers, but it didn't really work out so well. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Ben, listening in Louisiana. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, well, I just wanted to talk about uh, or mention that when you uh, when you have kids, your kids only get half your genes. And so your kids' kids only get a quarter of your genes. Mm-hmm. So if you extrapolate that out a couple of generations, basically you passing on your genes is very irrelevant after a couple of generations. You're no different than a, like a rounding error. So really it's all about continuing the human line anyways. So really you should adopt rather than have kids. I have never heard it called a rounding error, but that just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. Thank you for, for phrasing it that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I was having, I was, I had the debate with myself one day, and then, and I started doing the math, and I got really discouraged. So I decided in the end, I'll probably end up adopting. So, you know, I just think it's a. Ian and I were discussing this over the break. I just think it's a better way to serve the world. You know, that, that I think so. I don't. I and we're we're talking in, in the chat room as well 
about the cost of actually having a child. And someone put out the the figure of $20,000 to bear a child in a hospital. Now, you probably, if you're going to have your own child, probably shouldn't have one in a hospital for a variety of different reasons, uh, in which case you could probably save some money if you don't go through the hospital, if you go through like a birthing center or something like that, or like a home birth. And the regulations and and costs and fees and waiting time where, where it comes to adopting a kid as well, that's very, very high, often prohibitively high. Really? For, yeah. For adoption? For, for adoption. And I've seen several parents who have, who have taken third jobs to be able to save the, for the legal fees, the paperwork, the preparation time to actually go through one or multiple actual processes of meeting a, meeting a potential adoptive child and then having it fall through for whatever uh, bureaucratic or family... Uh, how much money are we talking about here? I don't know. If somebody has actual numbers to give, that would be fantastic yeah, be to call in with. That. Ben, anything else you want to share? Oh uh, well, I uh, I'm Jewish and I worked in Israel for a banking firm, uh, an Israeli banking firm for a year. So I guess I'm one of uh, your other callers, uh, international Jewish banker conspiracy guys. Now you seem I mean, you seem like a nice guy that it would be you'd be safe to have a cup of coffee it's with. It's all a front, you know. Are are you really just deep dark evil on the inside? I mean, what's what's the deal here? I, I guess I'm hiding, you know, a deep dark secret I just don't know about one day and I'll just pop out and I'll just change and be like an evil person. <laughs> like <mean> alien? <laughs> yeah, right. So so apparently they haven't invited you to the secret meetings yet, huh? Not yet. I guess I have to, you know, make a few more million dollars you know, or whatever. Hey, good luck, Ben. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Talk to Daryl listening in San Antonio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Ian, have you heard about that uh, new bill in Congress called the COIN Act? I have not. I haven't either. Okay, there, there's a bill that's been proposed, and apparently this is something that's been thrown around in that super committee that's supposed to find ways to save money. There's a bill called the COIN Act, and COIN is short for Currency Optimization Innovation and National Savings Act. Hmm. It's supposed to save five and a half billion dollars over thirty years, and how's which that? Works out to roughly one hundred and eighty million dollars a year by replacing the worthless one dollar bill, the paper bill, with a worthless one dollar coin. Oh yeah, okay. Yes. So we I talked about this, this yeah. issue when the the issue of the Federal Reserve having to store all these dollar coins because they're legislated to manufacture them even though no one wants them. So they're manufacturing right. them in th- thousands upon thousands upon th- like hundreds of thousands and they're just sitting in warehouses. They actually had to build a special warehouse. I think it was down in Dallas somewhere uh for uh for these these coins, these dollar coins. And so now you're you're saying there's a proposal on the table in DC to replace the paper dollar. And the idea behind that is that the coins last longer. So instead of having to right. replace the, the dollars the over the years. supposed to last 30 years. Yeah. And Whereas the, the paper dollar lasts on average three years. Is that it? Only three. Okay. Yeah. So 10 times as yeah, long. That, that, that's the average. Yeah. So to repeat, the, the dollar obviously physically isn't worth anything. It's not it's not even right. worth it the paper like it's printed on. But, but again, the coins aren't either. Right. Right. So what do you think about uh, this, Daryl? Like it costs roughly 30 cents to mess the coin. 
Well, lucky for them, they've already minted a couple million, billion of these things. There's like a lot of them out there. I don't know what the exact numbers. I think it was a few billion uh, of these coins that right. they're just and sitting on. The, the way the, way the uh, bill is written, it would still allow the Federal Reserve to print the dollar bill for up to four years mm-hmm. before the Fed could no longer print dollar bills. But it does not say whether or not the Fed could print more $2 bills. Which is something that I think that they would do. Uh, that's a good question. I certainly am a fan of the two dollar yeah, bill. Yeah, me it's, too. It's the only one that actually has uh, the Declaration of Independence signing on the that's back, right. that as opposed to some governmental facility, some building uh, or monument. Hey, thanks, Daryl, for the heads up on that. I guess we'll keep our eyes open and see if anything happens. Eight five five four fifty free. The toll free number. Take control. Bring up anything. Free talk live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Nemi. We invite you on over to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you. You can actually control the content of the site. Uh, whatever it is that uh, you know you see on the web that you think is interesting, you think our other listeners might appreciate seeing it as well, go ahead and submit it as show prep to freetalklive.com. Other listeners can then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. So go ahead and get interactive. It's all free, freetalklive.com. Coming up on February 23rd through the 26th, it's going to be a great time. The Liberty Forum, the 2012 Liberty Forum. Nemi, you've never been to one of these I haven't. I'm really excited for it. So I am looking forward to it as well. I've been to every single one of them, and it's they've been an absolute blast. It just keeps getting better uh, each time out. In fact, they just announced uh, one of their new speakers that uh, has just been revealed, John Lott, the guy I'm that wrote kidding. More Guns, Less Crime many years ago. Pretty big name, this, and this is what happens at the Liberty Forum. You get to kind of rub elbows with some of the, the big names in the, the Liberty Movement. Uh, hear some great speeches from them. Uh, maybe participate in panel discussions, sit at uh, banquet dinners, and it's, it's a hotel convention kind of thing. And you're there, most importantly, with hundreds of other people that are of a like mindset, people that understand what liberty means. Everything from minarchists to, uh, to voluntarists and everything in between. It's a great time. It is a wonderful networking, socializing occasion, uh, all of the kind of the usual convention-y style things, plus late-night parties as well. It's just a blast. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You can get registered there and save 10% with our coupon code FTL2012. That'll save you 10% on the already low early bird prices. So you're looking at under 200 bucks for the cost of the convention Knock another 10% off of that. Uh, and then whatever the hotel costs are for you. And if you can room room with different people, and usually you can, if you don't know enough people on your own, you can usually hook up with some folks through the Free State Projects forum over at uh, forum.freestateproject.org. And, Pull up and, a piece of floor. Yeah, and share some costs. I mean, you get a couple double beds. You can put at least four people on those and crash some more people on the floor, whatever. Uh, so once again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Head on over there, get signed up, and we'll see you there because Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live as we go to Jim listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, a lot of fun listening to the show tonight. I heard you talking about uh, 
all these uh, these folks trying to save some money by getting rid of the dollar bill. Yeah, the federal uh, government. The, yeah, going to the dollar coin. I saw a little blurb about this uh, a couple weeks ago, and the biggest resistance that they are getting to this happening is coming from the strippers' union. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, right? Uh, yeah, because okay, I was trying good. to visualize sucking <laughs> a coin, and I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, how do they do so. it in Canada? Because in Canada, they've got the loonies and the toonies. So how did the strip well, they clubs probably work? Just have little, they probably just get little tip jars at the door. Maybe, I don't know. I have on no the idea. toe of their boot. <laughs> They have little pouches around their neck. I have no clue. Maybe I, they just get fives, a, $5 bills. You guys, doing a, you guys can do an investigative story and send somebody up there to cover it. I'm sure you got somebody that would do it. I'm, I doubt it would be very very hard to, uh, to find somebody to do that. <laughs> do they actually have any full nude clubs in New Hampshire, though? I feel like that's prohibited I here. don't think so. Yeah. No. Live for your die. So. Or, but do it yeah, well, closed, you don't, to, you don't want to come to any in Indiana because all the uh, dancers look like Granny Clampett. So you want to leave that alone. Oh, thank you so Aye. much for that visual. Yow. You're awesome. Jim, thanks for the call, man. <laughs> appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. Let's talk to Chuck in West Virginia listening to WVTS in Charleston. Hey, Chuck. Oh, hi. I heard you talking about uh, adopting children. And um, I've, I've got one that's adopted, and so I thought I could speak to that a little bit. Fantastic. Oh, great. How long ago did you adopt? Let's see. Uh, we got him three days old from the hospital, and he's now nine. So we've had him all his life. Oh wow. Okay. So about a decade back, uh, and what was it? What was the process like? Well, it, you know, we we had a very uh, um, amazingly blessed process when it came to that. What what I wanted to, t- to to say is that I've spoken to so many friends and and relatives who would love to adopt, but it is prohibitively expensive to do so, both here in the United States and overseas. Hmm. And part of the reason for that is simply because you've got to buy off all the lawyers to get it done, uh, In especially overseas adoptions. Um, ad- adoptions have become a revenue generation uh, outlet for the, the, the government of China and some of these other countries. So, mm-hmm. for example, we had some friends that just recently adopted from China, and they had to go over there, and they literally had to spend two weeks in China, going around seeing all the sites. This was this was in order to before they were allowed to even meet the child they were going to adopt. They had to go around and, and spend lots and lots of money at all these tourist sites, uh, and then they were allowed to meet the child that they were they were going to adopt. Was this um, was this a rule instituted by the Chinese government or the American government yeah. or the agency? No, Chinese. The Chinese government did that. I, I guess I can uh, see the importance of doing that. Rather than than just come by our kids, you should you should probably know something about where they're from. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, the the manner it was done, you know, it it was very clear that this was uh, a, a revenue generator for us. So, and, sort of uh, extortion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really, How much did they really have to spend? Oh, thousands. I mean, uh, you know, in, in their case, it was over $50,000. Whoa! Uh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, all told, when you account for the lawyers and the fees and the travel and, and everything else they had to do. And what about do. you in your situation? What did you guys spend? Well, what we did is we went through the foster care system in Maryland at the, where we lived at the time. And, uh, you know, in, in the United States, there are over 400,000 children in foster care who, uh, who need, you know, need homes. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a huge need for it. The problem is, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but, but the vast majority of those children are, are minorities. And for some reason, the, the majority of people who want to adopt want a perfect white 
baby. I and, find that upsetting. Um, yeah, it, it upsets me too. And actually, our our son is black. Um, Good for you. And, and I think that I mean, hey, I'm not into color coordinating my family. Yeah, I want enough. variety. You know, uh, and and this this kid is uh, the 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 progeny of um, uh, two homeless crack addicts uh, in Washington D.C. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I have five children total, and and he's my youngest son. And I'll tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, this kid is the greatest blessing of my life. I, I am oh, so glad great. to hear you say that, and thank you, thank you for opening your heart and your home to someone who who needs it. Because I, well, I, you know, I, people say that a lot. Uh, I, I have people, you know, thank me for that, and I just want to say, you don't get it. You don't understand. We're the ones that benefit from from adopting this child. We get so much more out of it than he does. I, I wish and, more parents. I, I heard more parents speak the way that you do because I think that's a fantastic sentiment. And and thank you. Wow, Absolutely. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm blown yeah. away by this. Yeah. No, he's fantastic. And you know, there's there's so many kids out there that need it. And you know, it's a it's a great thing. And I, I wish that I had known how great it was before I went and had four of my own, oh, man. I would have adopted a lot more. So and tell, me, I the one, tell me more the about the, I love my, what, you, what you went through. I mean, you said you had to go through the foster system. Uh, where, you, where was it again? In Maryland where you did that? Yes, yes. We went through the foster care system. Uh, actually, Washington, D.C. is farming a lot of their kids out to the surrounding states because they have so many. They've got kids living in hospitals because they literally don't have any place Jeez. for them to stay. There's like 5,000 children in Washington, D.C. alone that are up for adoption that don't have homes. But and how long was the black. process for you? I mean, from start to finish, what did you, how much, how many hoops did you have to jump through? How difficult was this? We, we had to take classes to become foster parents, and we did foster care for, for several years, went through maybe a half a dozen foster children um, before our little guy came along. And um, after we got him, it was two years to go through the court process and everything to be, you know, so that his parents could terminate their parental rights. And mm-hmm. basically they gave them chance after chance after chance, which they should, uh, to get their act together and to actually step up and be parents for this. this but child. during that, during now, that two years, you had the child in as a foster child. Yes. He was with us as a foster child the whole time. He, he's never been anywhere else. Um, and you know, we can always tell him that his, his mother loved him enough to have him in the first place. Because the state of Maryland paid her to abort him. And, and loved uh, him enough to uh, to give him up when she knew she couldn't right. uh, take care. If you want, Chuck, you can stick with us and tell us more of your story. I think it's fascinating. It's great stuff. We're on the way here. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call right now, we'll probably be able to slip you in here. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. Here with you, it's Ian. And Nemi. Inviting you online over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, 
you can by being an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. We will take the three bucks a month that uh, you will give us from the AMP program if you use a credit card or any major any major credit card, actually, or PayPal. You can do any of those options, and uh, there are a few other options as well. Amp.freetalklive.com is where to go. You get perks uh, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, the AMP-only podcast, and more. Go get signed up, get the details, and help us get this program into as many ears as as possible around the world. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking with Chuck in West Virginia, listening to WVTS about the process of adoption and uh, how it, uh, I guess, varies quite a bit. Uh, friends of his spent up to $50,000 or something like that, a whole lot of money, uh, adopting a child out of China. And uh, Chuck, you did it for a little bit less money, I guess, here in the States by going through the foster uh, program where you became foster parents. You had about a half a dozen kids in your home before you finally got your current son, who you were uh, able to adopt after about two years of going through uh, some court processes and whatever legal mumbo jumbo was required to uh, to to handle that, and that's where kind of, we left off with your story. Yeah, that's right. Actually, uh, you know, although I'm I'm kind of ashamed to say it, we actually made money on the process. Really? Uh, and well, yeah. Uh, after I mean, you know, when you when you're a foster parent, usually the state sends you a stipend every month while you're while you're fostering to to help with the cost of caring for the child. Mm-hmm. That's pretty standard across the across the board. Uh, Maryland had this strange program when uh, once the adoption went through um and he was now our child legally and completely uh and, and so much so that we actually moved we left left the state uh, but uh the stipend kept coming. Hmm. And so we contacted them and we said uh, th- I think there's a problem here you you're still sending us this money every month about $800 a month. And uh, wow. they said, they said, oh yes, well because he's black, uh, a minority. There's a, a program in Maryland where um, they will pay you eight hundred dollars a month until he's eighteen for adopting a child. Minority. There, there are similar, there are similar. Um, I guess there are programs in the state of New Hampshire. If you take, um, if you take in a physically handicapped child, yeah. Um, well. Uh, you, you do get not only that they'll also pay for all his medical bills and stuff same same thing that's right but uh, you know to be honest it kind of made me a little sick because i you know th- uh, this is my son and i don't look at him like a ward of the state right. or, i mean you know this is this is we wanted him we chose him and that's indeed what makes him so special to us is that he's the the one of our children that we reached out and chose that's and right. um you know it just simply because black send me eight hundred dollars a month. It's crazy. So um, are you and, and are I, you taking their checks? Well, you know, I, I I thought about refusing it, and then I thought, you know what, I'll put it to better use than they will. <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> And I don't blame you for uh, for coming at it from that perspective. I don't ever blame anybody for taking money from the criminal gang. I mean, like you said, they're going to yeah. spend it on something. And if you're a good person, at least you know it's it's putting to some good use, as opposed to maybe being sending you know to the wrong people and they're taking it and turning it into crack cocaine or whatever. That's right. Well, and it's it's also uh, you know tax free. I mean, you know, it's it's just amazing. But I, I I'm trying still trying to figure out. My wife's Norwegian, so I want to figure out a way. To get my children, other children, classified as as uh, minorities, and then kind of side from them. But so, are there any <laughs> other ongoing uh, strings or hoops that are attached to that eight hundred dollars a month? Do you have to report in or anything like that, or is just the checks come and that's that? No, the che- the 
the checks to show up. I, uh, we, have to, we have to send them a um, a form in December every year just to prove that he's still alive. I guess. Um, Amazing. And and they just send the money. So uh, that's really strange. Um, and I, you know, we certainly didn't know that going in and didn't go into this process hoping to make money. Out sure, of it. it wasn't your intention. That's good. That's but, good. And that makes but, sense. Um, you know. Listen, uh, I, I, there are certainly worse programs out there, and no doubt, uh, they. The, it, what it speaks to is the desperate need uh, that that's out there. I mean, the the state is desperate to get people to adopt these. They have so uh, many children. young people just sitting in these uh, in these homes right. in these orphanages or whatever. And uh, thanks, Chuck. Anything else you want to share about your experience? I think it's been an amazing call. Well, it's been been a great experience. I'd uh, highly recommend it to anybody. Thank very you good, very sir. much. Thanks for the call tonight. Good Appreciate luck. hearing from you. Yep, okay. great news. Eight five five four fifty free. Captain Ned on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nemi. Hey, uh, Nemi and Ian, how you doing, mate? Hey, hey, Ned, what's on your mind? Yeah, good. Hey, that was some really entertaining radio between uh, Scott and the Reptilian Jew. Uh, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, it would have been fun to get them on together. And unfortunately, the uh, the leader of the Reptilians uh, didn't call until after Scott got off the phone. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you, you could shoot for that one of these times. Maybe but, so. Uh, I like the. I was just going to talk about Occupy Wall Street. Okay. Uh, I, I called a few weeks ago when it was uh, maybe it was a little longer than it was starting to go, and I says, you know, it's it's shaking up the machine. And there was a little dispute there, but I'll tell you what, uh, the banksters in the New World Order, you know, who want to make us like China, do not like this at all. And uh, their main mouthpiece, uh, the Pillsbury Pillboy, Rush Limbaugh, has been hating this thing as hard as he possibly can. Okay. And issue two in Ohio, which uh, which the, the people of Ohio overthrew the uh, anti-union, you know, th- that issue two. It's it's got it's got the Pillsbury Pillboy torn up. I'm not sure what it, that is. It, what what issue two? Well, it was uh, what this Kasich, uh, the uh, Republican governor, pushed this thing through, which uh, would take away collective bargaining for uh, state employees. So that was overturned yesterday in the election. The people have spoken, and the Occupy Wall Street crowd is getting together with the workers, the unions, and they're we're going to fight this thing. Well, all the way, I think that's unfortunate. Know? I think that. Uh, I support people's right to bargain and uh, bargain collectively with their employer. That makes that's fine by me. But when it comes to state employees, there's no uh, real. It's the, the negotiation process isn't the same because you're dealing with stolen money and any any benefits they get, any extra perks that they get. None of us had any say in whether or not that they could get them, and so it well, allows them remember, to really twist those- people's arms. Yeah, but let's remember those workers are dying at their jobs just like workers everywhere. You the, know what I mean? The, it's, the uh, government employees? The hell they are. Sure, sure. The they're, government, they're, no. They're, the government employees get all kinds of money are, more are than... Are you being sarcastic, caller? No, no. You mean uh, you know, state troopers aren't getting killed in the line of duty? Come on, guys. Not really. Unless they're Not like really. standing <laughs> unless they're standing on the side of the road because they pulled some guy over in the right lane and get blasted by some truck because they were being uh, careless. But uh, uh, I, I mean, We can't argue that one. But anyway, hey... Uh, just, well, look, just those state troopers are getting paid pretty well, and they get sweet pensions and all kinds of bennies, so I don't ever feel well, bad I mean, for state that's, workers. That's, that's been fought for with union blood for years. It's all across the board, guys. I mean, it's, but what I'm saying is... Well, nobody else gets pensions. What do you do well, when the sure money runs do. out? Absolutely. What, sure do you, people get pensions. what do you do when the money runs out? As a union, we just had a, a teacher's 
um, union, big, big deal in the last um, year here in New Hampshire. And they have, yes, the state has promised, made a promise. But you know what? Uh, And the state needs to renege on parts of its promise because, frankly, the money is not there. Yes. Let me tell you you why the money isn't there. I'm going to boil this right down to it for you. What we've done is we're shipping our manufacturing base. The New World Order crowd and the banksters are spending it to China. We're not going to have anything if we allow it to continue. That's where the money always was, the 50s, 60s, 70s. In manufacturing. The money was there. Everybody had the money. I certainly don't disagree with you. However, the problem is when I work for a private company and the money isn't there, they can't pay me. I get let go. And that needs to well, happen on the state level as well. Union or no union. I'm sorry. If, you know, all they're, all, I know what you're saying. But all they're trying to do is gut the working class and we're not having the, it. Okay? The, the state isn't work. the working. State workers aren't the working class as far as well, I'm concerned. Let's just, because Let's just put it right across the board so we don't argue semantics here. I mean, let's put it across the board. The workers of the United States, the, the citizens of several states united are fed up with it. Rush Limbaugh can't stand it. Those guys hate the working class. They hate everything yeah. about Well, let's make sure we're, we're clear, Ned. Let's make sure we're, we're clear. The state government people, for the most part, are not the working class. They're, they're, a, class all, they're, they're hey, a class hey, all their own. Please. They don't get the same. The working class Americans don't get the same pay as state workers. Working class Americans don't get the same benefits as state workers. If, they certainly don't get pensions like state workers do. Oh, absolutely not. So please. And, and if if my company, my private company, doesn't have the money to pay me, there's nobody they can really go to legally and hold a gun to and say, give Negoti- us money so yeah. we can pay our employees. The negotiation's over. There's no money there. So, uh, hey, uh, Ned, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Okay. We're out of time for tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Nemi. And we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe Mark will be here then. And we'll take your calls about anything, as we always do, seven nights a week, Monday through Sunday, from 7 to 10 Eastern, over at freetalklive.com, and perhaps on your local talk radio station. If we're not on your local talk station, you just give them a call up and say, hey, you'd like to hear some Free Talk Live. We'll see you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.